When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another new episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. Jordan here with Taylor, as always. Not a whole lot going on. We were just talking before we started recording about how um, bleak the whole month of August is. It's just, it's really quiet and it's kind of uh, just very, it's a downer. It's a bit of a downer. However, the Penguins and uh, Wilkes-Barre as well, Pittsburgh and the Wilkes-Barre affiliate, they all made some hires within the past couple days. The Penguins brought on a player development coach and a couple scouts and Wilkes-Barre hired a new assistant coach. Taylor, what can you tell us about these new hires? Yeah, so starting with the hires made um, by Pittsburgh for, for their front office. The, the biggest one here is they hired a player development coach, uh, Chris Butler. He's a former NHL defenseman. Um, he's, uh, so as a defenseman, he's going to obviously focus more on the defense prospects. He's going to work closely with Trevor Daly, who does a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Trevor Daly, his title is hockey operations advisor, but I mean, he, he does a lot of player development stuff. Um, like working cool. more so with the defense prospects, obviously as a defenseman, um, when they're both going to report to, uh, he's going to report to Tom Kostopoulos, who was recently, you know, promoted to director of player development. This does just kind of fill a void. Um, because when the previous director of player development, Scott Young, left for a higher position with Vancouver, Tom Kostopoulos was promoted from player development mm-hmm. coach to director of player development. So, I mean, there's just kind of a void at, at player development uh, coach. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Chris Butler, he had an 11-year professional career. He had, and that includes 407 NHL games. Sabres, Flames, and Blues. Um, his last season was with the Blues AHL affiliate in San Antonio. Um he played 13 regular season games at the Blues that year. That was 18-19. Uh, so then he was on the taxi squad when they won the Stanley Cup. He didn't play in the playoffs. But um, a guy that's been around for, for a long time, good guy to have, I think. Um, yeah, so, yeah I mean, sounds like it. Not a whole lot of playoff experience like himself, but I don't know. He was around for the for the Blues Cup. Just, uh, I don't know, good guy to have uh, insight. Mm-hmm. A lot of times those guys, too, the player development coaches, will fill in behind the bench in Wilkes-Barre, um, kind of like as an assistant coach, but more so I just there to give feedback rather than, like, actual system things and, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, good uh, good hire. And then the other two, um, two scouts. So um, Greg Patteron uh, as a pro scout and then Garrett Peters as a global crossover scout. So um, pro scout, they're – that means they scout professional 
hockey as opposed to draft eligible prospects. So um, okay. that could be um, other NHL teams, you know, just for, you know, pre-scouting for when you play them, but then also um, for potential trades. And then so uh, like AHL hockey too, for potential, you know, trades or pickups, stuff mm. like that. He's going to okay. um, be based in California. He recently retired um, this this offseason. He had a 10-year professional career as a defenseman, um, 290 NHL games with the Canadian Stars, the Wild Avalanche, Sharks, Ducks. Um, last season, he was split between the Ducks and their AHL affiliate in San Diego. Um, he was San Diego goals, their captain. Um, so uh, this is his first, obviously, job in the front office because he just retired. And then... Uh, Garrett Peters, he's the global crossover scout. So he's going to scout amateur players in North America and Europe. Um, so he can, he can travel back and forth. So that is like the draft eligible, um, kind, kinds of players. Um, okay. he, uh, he had, he does have experience. He's coming, uh, he spent the last five years as an amateur scout for the blues. Um, and he was a scout for the, uh, Halifax Mooseheads and the QMJHL for, for a couple seasons before then. Not, didn't really have much of a career himself, just a couple of years in um, the minors, like uh, ECHL, S, uh, SPHL, FA, like independent league. Mm-hmm. So uh, not a name you would recognize as a player, but um, just, uh, I mean, the Penguins have made a couple of additions to the front office this season. It Not yeah. much turnover. Like they haven't fired anyone. Um, or, you know, parted ways. People just haven't quit. The people that they have lost are like Scott Young, who leaves for just a, a higher position with, you know, Vancouver. Um, no one's like yeah. I because I've gotten questions in like my live cues about like the turnover and like Fenway. Like no one no one's left because of like Fenway. They've mm-hmm. either gotten promotions or Fenway has just made a bunch of new additions, like nothing. So these are just new people. It's not bad. Yeah. New positions. And then um, the other uh, hire, so not by Pitts, this is a Wilkes-Barre hire, um, an assistant coach. Again, this isn't replacing anyone because for the past two years, they've only had one assistant coach. It's just been JD Forrest, the head coach, Mm. and then Kevin Porter, the assistant coach. Um, Kevin Porter played for the Penguins a couple years ago for fourth line guy. Um, people might remember. I, I can't imagine many people do, but um, so, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it was like 2016. You know, he was around. Yeah. Years, but um, uh, but so because they only had one assistant coach before uh, JD would, because you know normally you split the duties between uh, assistant coaches for his defense, power play, penalty kills. So, what mm-hmm. they were doing was like Kevin Porter would do like fours and PK, but in JD, the head coach, he would be a head coach, but he would also be like the defense power play guy. So bringing on mm-hmm. um, the higher uh, Sheldon Brookbank, who um, former NHL defenseman, he had a 16 year playing career. He just um, he got fired last season as an assistant coach with the Blackhawks. So he's coming from the uh, from the NHL. The, the Blackhawks' whole coaching staff got fired um, in Dang. November yeah. along with you know Colleton. So um, he's been out of a job since then. But he's he's been in um, he was in Chicago for parts of the last like four seasons. So um, as if they're going to add an assistant coach, it's a good guy to have a guy that's coming down from 
yeah. from the NHL. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. a former NHL defenseman, so he is going to handle the defense. Kevin Porter is going to, you know, work with the forwards. Uh, presumably, he's going to handle the power play too, uh, because Kevin Porter was uh, Wilkes-Barre's penalty kill has been really good under under Kevin Porter. So uh, yeah, Sheldon Brookbank, his brother played for Wilkes-Barre before. Um, yeah, so this is the first time since 2019-20 that Wilkes-Barre's had more than one assistant coach. But like I said, guys like uh, Tom Kostopoulos would, would come down working as assistant coach for a couple of games. But, um, yeah, it's just uh, cool to see these moves made. Um, seems like a, a increased focus on, on development, especially when it comes to yeah. defense prospects. They had, you know, a defenseman like Brookbank is um, – as a coach and then what a player development coach in Butler just seems that they're really um, realizing that they're going to have to start developing some defensemen because I yeah. mean, right now, if you look at the defense prospects they have, like, Oh, who could be called up next? It's, it's Pio Joseph. As far as prospects go, I mean, they have like Taylor Fadoon, an, an older guy, and then uh, Xavier Ouellette, who they just signed. Um, uh those two and Joseph are really the only two I'd be looking at as uh, the only three I'd be looking at as call-ups right now. And of those three, Joseph is the only young guy. So uh, it, it's nice to see them putting this, this focus into developing uh, defensemen and defense prospects. Yeah, that sounds, sounds like they're kind of looking ahead yeah. and that's something that they're going to need to be doing for sure. It's always exciting when, when new hires are made, even if it is some just something seemingly small, um, taking incremental steps to get where they need to be in the future, because the future is a lot closer than I think any of us want it to be. But that's exciting. Good for those. Good for those new hires. Good for the organization. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. back there isn't much happening with the penguins there also isn't a ton happening league-wide either except that the rangers announced this week that jacob truba will be their next captain which i don't i don't personally understand and he's trending on twitter again and a lot of people really got creative in terms of memes and content that they're putting out there i had um quite a few uh, quite a few good laughs uh, just scrolling through and seeing what was out there because most people outside of New York are like, what? I think people inside of New York him? are like, him? Yeah. I'm, so it was Kevin Weeks that broke that, like the night before the Rangers actually announced it. You know, he just tweeted, like, hearing that the Rangers are going to name Jacob Trooper the next captain. And my first reaction when I saw that was like, wait, wasn't like Chris Kreider captain? No. And then I was like, oh, no, he's. He, he's not like the Rangers haven't had a captain since 2018. Mm-hmm. Like they've just got, they've gone a while without a captain. And I remember yeah. it was last summer that they announced that they were going to have five alternates. Cause I remember there were a bunch of memes like, like, like they had yeah. five alternate captains, but I mean, Truba was one of them, but even knowing that it just feels like, you know, there are a lot, there's a lot of things you could say about Truba. And I mean, how, how dirty he was this past season, yeah. especially in the playoffs, but, it also just seems like there were better options. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Kreider. Like, again, I thought Chris Kreider was the yeah. captain, but no, they had five alternates. Uh, I mean, Kreider, uh, Nika Zabanejad. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, 
I think if I, I you know, I, I read people saying too that like when the Rangers have had captains, they haven't stuck around very long. Like there's a history of like they're gone within the first mm-hmm. three years of them being captain. But um yeah, it seems I, I know Truba did an interview and he said he doesn't want anything to change like their current roles, like you know, Kreider and those guys as the alternates. Sure. You know, to keep yeah. the same voice they did, but um just uh interesting decision. Yeah, who decides that? So uh Gerard Gallant, he he spoke to um, he said they made the decision as management, as an organization, and the players. So it seems like, you know, the players did have input here. Like, I mean, we're not okay. in the locker room, so we don't know what kind of a leader Jacob Truba is behind the scenes. So yeah. maybe, you know, he, he was more of a leader than we're giving him credit for. But it's just, possible. I but I feel like what you see on the ice is typically mm-hmm. pretty indicative of the kind of personality that people have not always but when you're consistently playing the style of dirty hockey that he was playing like it's not even just like he was heavy hitting or like sort of in yeah he was like going after it with his elbow in every round that the rangers were in multiple times like different games like that's a very conscious decision, and that's the kind of thing that just, I think, makes people wonder, is he really that good of a leader and that great of an example? Um, I, yeah, and after, after that happened, it felt like the entire tone of the Rangers team just sort of shifted towards that style of play. So it's, it's hard to imagine with the small sample size that we've seen that that isn't what they're going to look like come hockey season. Like it's just, uh, and yeah, we, we don't know because we're not in the locker room and we're not even cover. We don't cover the Rangers. We cover the penguins, but it just seems like. Eh, meh, eh, eh. Yeah. I mean, well, that's like, <laughs> you're talking like the memes, the good memes I were, I was seeing were from Rangers fans, not like, yeah, you know, fans of you know the Lightning or the Hurricanes or the Penguins who you know yeah Truba had dirty hits against their players, but yeah, you know, it was like Rangers fans posting like the one we were just talking about, or it was like you know the first game under you know Captain Jacob Truba next season, and it's like a video from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where it's like a yeah. first fight. <laughs> like that's that's <laughs> the stuff that like Rangers fans are posting about Jacob Truba, but. Yeah, I mean, we we talked it about it a bunch during the playoffs. Yeah, that that hit the elbow on Crosby, the follow through. It's like he's mastered. Um, you know, it's not maybe the principal point of contact with the head, but he's getting like just enough to make it, you know, mm-hmm. dangerous and hurt people. He hurt Crosby. Yeah, yeah that hit against uh, I think it was Domi uh, when they played the Hurricanes, mm-hmm. where Domi was fine, but it was kind of the same thing. Um, and then mm-hmm. he remember he had two hits like that. Um, during the regular season, like back to back, I think it was like McKinnon yeah. and then Kyra, and they all 
And there was one where he missed. Yeah. There yeah. was one in the postseason where the he missed, light- like completely missed contact. Yeah, the lightning. Because I remember I tweeted like, "Oh, that's so uncharacteristic." Like dot dot dot. Norman yeah. was able to make that elbow connect, and I had like. Rings. Yeah. Was he going after Kucherov? Yeah, because it, it was against the lightning, and I had a bunch of like, yeah. hundreds fans in my mentions on Twitter for weeks defending Jacob Trouba. Oh, but um, and there was I can't remember which game it was, but he took like back-to-back penalties was it when they got knocked out when he took back-to-back penalties and the lightning scored on both of the ensuing power plays and i think that it cost yes. him the game I, that might have been mm-hmm. the elimination game but yeah um i don't know uh if crazy rangers in the cup gary bettman's gonna be passing it off to the jacob truba nobody had that uh, on yeah. their bingo card for <laughs> The NHL season. That's so wild. But I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, I completely forgot personally that they were playing with five alternate captains. Like, yeah, yeah um, that, <laughs> yeah. I guess I don't think about the Rangers that much, so that's not surprising. But, yeah, crazy. Uh, he's a new captain. Good yippee for him. Uh, I don't know. The, it, everything is just so slow right now that we're talking about Jacob Trouba. That's just where we are in the air. Yeah. Oh, God. Let's take one more break and we'll be right back. And we're back. We have been waiting to talk about this one for a little bit, but it's sounds like we have a pretty good idea of what the winter classic jerseys are going to look like at this point in time and that it's always a big deal because for the winter classic stadium series teams obviously don't wear their standard jerseys they break out something new some kind of cool design something that pays homage to a different point in franchise history something in the city they teams get creative and it's always a lot of fun to see what they bust out. Sometimes they're really terrible and sometimes they're really cool. But Taylor, what do you know about what we can expect for the winter classic jerseys for the pens this year? Yeah, so I know a lot of people want to see the robo pigeon. I see that on Twitter. I think every day now people saying like maybe the winter classic jerseys look like this. It, it's not going to have the pigeon. I can tell you that. Um, you're either going to love that or you're going to hate that. Uh, so I talked to, it was last month, I talked to Kevin Acklin, uh, the president of business operations, and I, and I was trying to get out of him, you know, what the Winter Classic jerseys are going to be. And he told me uh, it's going to be pre-Penguins. So no baby blue or any of the old logos. It's before the Penguins. So something obviously a, a Pittsburgh uh, team that existed before 1967. So you look at what the examples are. Um, there's like the St. Pat's. Uh, I think they were only around for like one year. Um, they were like green and white. There's like the Hornets who are red and white. Um, and there's a couple of others who may be around for like a year or two. You, The one that I'm, it, it has to be, it can only be, is the Pittsburgh Pirates, who the Pirates, I mean, not the baseball team, the hockey team, it was Pittsburgh's mm-hmm. NHL team. Um, and there are a couple of reasons why, I mean, it just makes too much sense. And first of all, so the only other team, major like team like that, though, that is around just as long or longer, was the Hornets. 
who again red and white and the penguins don't own the rights to anything hornets but they do own it for the pirates so mm. and then you look at the significance of of the pirates um uh, so the pirates they're around they um they started playing in 1920 in 1925 their first game in franchise history was against boston in boston the summer classic is in boston um the pirates the first game they beat the bruins two to one um they were only around i believe it was five years uh so not not around very long but i think the the reason why they're so relevant significant to the penguins is that the pittsburgh pirates are one of the reasons the penguins can wear black and gold today so the penguins were blue um blue jerseys up until uh 1979 80 so around that time what's happening the steelers won the super bowl pirates won a world series penguins wearing blue the other teams were black and gold so the penguins are like we want to we want eyes on that and you know unity um we want to switch to black and gold and be like the other teams um so they announced that they're going to do this and uh the bruins uh gm harry sinden objected saying that that color scheme black and gold belong to the Bruins of the NHL. The quote, um, this is what he told the Boston Globe in 1980. Um, he said, there's no way we're giving permission for them to adopt our colors. Those colors are part of our tradition and heritage. We're going to fight it if Pittsburgh tries to do it. I sent it. Oh my God, that's blasphemous. <laughs> I sent, Shut I sent up. a telegram to our league president telling him, we feel we have exclusive rights to those colors in our league. We are not going to give the Penguins permission to change. So the Penguins were like, hold up, exclusive rights to that in the NHL? Well, back in, in 1925, the Pirates joined the NHL wearing black and gold. And they're like, what were you wearing in, black in 1925? Brown and gold. The, the Bruins didn't change to, change to black and gold until 1934. So Got the, the Pittsburgh had black and gold first in the NHL. So that's what they countered with when, when Harry Sinden was like, well, those are our colors in the NHL. The Penguins were like, actually, Pittsburgh had it first. So then that's why the Penguins were then able to change to black and gold, even though yeah, happy about it because they had it first and the, the, they weren't even the Bruins colors. So, uh, I mean, I'm like 99% sure that they're going to be wearing the Pirates jerseys or at least Pirates inspired uh, jerseys. And I think it would just be such a cool tribute to again, the mm-hmm. team that it's the reason why they can wear black and gold now and then also i mean the pirates they played their first ever game in boston it'd just be really cool that would be awesome here's hoping that that happens the winter classic is if you're watching it on youtube oh that's if so not, sick yeah YouTube, I don't know. <laughs> is that the pittsburgh crest on yes the, on the arm? yeah so nice. the, they they were borrowed from um yeah so the the crests on the on the on the sh- on the arms they were taken off of local um pittsburgh police jackets that no one was using they borrowed the patches from those and, and put them on, on the sleeves oh, of the hockey jerseys um very cool. Yeah, if, for I got people that are only listening, not watching. It's like a mustardy yellow gold uh, base um, with the with the crest on either arm. Um, it's just two stripes. It says pirates cursive across the front and a big P. I'm assuming if they were these, it would be cool if they copied it exactly, but it just made it say penguins. But mm-hmm. uh, very cool. 
Very cool, indeed. Looking forward to the unveiling of that. Do we know when they're officially going to announce when what the jerseys are? Not yet. And see, they are still going to be doing the reverse retro concept. That's coming back. Um, so we're oh, probably nice. Probably going to still see reverse retro. Um, separate from this so this is the winter classic yeah there's so we're probably waiting on two uh different jerseys. two jersey drops some of them the reverse retros around the league have leaked um like the islanders are probably bringing back the fishermen um oh boy like not the it not you know the fishermen had like teal um but the Mm -hmm. what i saw that the leaked it's like they're they're colors that's like orange and, and navy so oh, not exact okay. i don't know so maybe this is when we see the pigeon because i did you know when i the i mario was apparently not really a fan of it mario's not majority owner now um and then yeah you know, i talked to kevin at when i when i was talking to kevin ackland he did um I did ask specifically, like, are we ever going to see the Robo Pigeon, you know, come back? You know, trying to get, like, how does Fenway feel about it? And he did tell me never say never. Um, Acklin himself, you know, he's a Pittsburgher. He, you know, grew up when they're, you know, using uh, that logo. That's I think he was, like, in, like, high school, like, college around that time. He said he said he had, like, a poster in his bedroom of that logo. But he did acknowledge that, like, he knows it's a very controversial logo among Penguins fans. You either love it mm-hmm. or you hate it. I'm uh, Obviously, the associations with changing to it in 93 after they won two cups and then losing. And there are a lot of yeah. bad memories associated with that logo. Um, but I he did, you know... He he knows that there is like a, a nostalgia for it. He did tell me um, one of his wife's friends has it like tattooed on her hand. Uh, oh my he, god! Icon. The organization they know that there are people that really love it, but they, there are definitely people that don't like it. But it would yeah. be cool if that came back for the. So it's not going to be the winter class. We get that with the reverse retro. That would be so sick. All right, everybody, get your hopes up. This is the official announcement. <laughs> we may we may be heartbroken again, so get ready. Um, but never say never. So we have that to look forward to, the reverse retro drop. We have the, the Winter Classic jersey. That's exciting. The Winter Classic itself is on January 2nd in Boston at Fenway. Going to be a whole lot of fun to watch that. But everybody thank you for listening as always we're not going to be recording next week because taylor is off next week so hopefully she's doing something very relaxing uh, i'm and, closing on a house on um, friday so i will be there you go so not yeah, relaxing no, I will but, be moving into a house yeah, yeah but she will not be working yeah. so they're in in this yeah. way she's going to be working at something else but we'll see you again next week following week um Make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss anything. We drop typically new episodes every Thursday. So we will see you in two weeks for another episode of Podcast on Fifth Out.